learned about the attack, I was doing my training in uh, one of the hospitals in New Jersey. So I was a freshman at Northwest Missouri State. I was a seventh grader at Eastgate Middle School, and I was in my science class with Mr. Bowen. Uh, I, was, I was really worried. Uh, I was worried about all the people. Um, uh, I was worried about all the people who were there. I was actually in class when we found out that um, the second tower had been hit. And uh, our, our social studies teacher actually came in and he opened the door and he said, something's going on, turn on the news, and everything stopped. Pretty much for the rest of the day, we kind of just watched the news. We saw it all happening as much as we could. Welcome to The 41 Files. I'm Katherine Finnerty. And I'm Casey Murray. We're digital producers at KSHB 41 News. The events of 9-11 are etched into the memories of all those who lived through that day. Everyone who is alive will forever remember where they were and what they were doing when they first got the news about the terrorist attacks. The memories are still fresh 20 years later and can help us reflect on the impact on Kansas Cityans and how the community responded in the hours, days, weeks, and years after the attack. While 9-11 directly impacted New York City, Washington, D.C., and Pennsylvania, the event sent shockwaves across the country and the world. Despite that, older generations are now grappling with how to communicate the devastation of that day to younger generations who weren't alive to experience it. Days after the attacks 20 years ago, the United States entered Afghanistan. Now with our troops pulled out of the country and the consequences of their removal unclear, the legacy of 9-11 is increasingly complicated. Kansas Cityans lost family in the attacks, as well as in the war that has become the longest in our country's history. Over the course of this podcast series, we'll speak to military personnel, teachers, students, and more to examine the continuing effect of the attacks. In episode three, we'll focus on the Islamic community and educators. Catherine will take us through what the Islamic community experienced in the years after 9-11 and how high school educators are teaching 9-11 to students who weren't alive when it happened. After 9-11, hate crimes against the Muslim community skyrocketed. According to the FBI, anti-Islamic hate crimes went up from less than 50 in the year 2000 to almost 500 in 2001. Those numbers never went down to pre-9-11 levels. The number of reported incidents hovered between 100 to 200 cases per year between 2002 and 2014. Even those who have never been a victim of a hate crime may have felt the shifting attitudes towards Muslims after 9-11. So when I learned about the attack, I was doing my training in uh, one of the hospitals in New Jersey. And uh, when I learned about it, I was at work. And I mean, when, uh, the staff and the nurses told me about that. I was, I was really worried. Uh, I was worried about all the people. Um, uh, I was worried about all the people who were there. That's Dr. Laik Azmat, who is the board secretary of the Islamic Center of Northland. He is also a general practitioner in Kansas City. He moved to the U.S. from Pakistan just before 9-11 happened. I, mean, I, was, I was just new in this country and I was kind of very uh, worried about the uh, future and future of my kids and my family. So, Azmat had reason to be worried. He says he has been profiled in his life because of his religious beliefs. Personally, I would say, I mean, there have been a couple of incidences where uh, people told me, open their windows, just like, go back to your home country, what are you doing here? You're a terrorist and this and that. Uh, 
one of my patients came to my office and uh, she wanted uh, nurses to be uh, present in the room while I talked to her. Uh, she was a new patient to our uh, clinic. Uh, she was concerned that uh, I may do something to her. Asmat said that everybody in the Muslim community understands that they will experience this kind of profiling. He especially notices it at the airport. I mean, at the airport, at traveling, I mean, that's always a problem. I mean, uh, basically, you get checked twice, or I mean, I mean, get, we got yeah. used to used to that. So, I mean, yeah. Similarly, I mean, in the plane, you have to be very cautious. I mean, you don't want to. I mean, you try to remain quiet. You want don't want to say a lot of things because people may take a wrong meaning of that. If you're talking in your own language and your mother tongue, it just people may take long wrong meaning of that. Osmat says he wants people to understand that most of the Islamic community is peaceful and extremist factions can happen in any group. People generally are peace-loving, hardworking people who basically want to work hard, make a living for their uh, family, and want to take their, care of their family. Okay, These people are on one side, and the other side are people who basically believe in violence to get their message across. Okay. And those people are from all colors, all religions, all backgrounds. Asmat says there is an anxiety within the Islamic community when violence occurs because they're afraid the whole community will be blamed for an extremist group's actions. More than 95% people, Muslim people, are peace-loving. They do not believe in terrorism. So uh, try to learn about other people, try to talk to other people, try to learn about their religion, uh, their ideas, their beliefs, and just do not uh, look at the visuals and associate terrorism with all Muslims. Whoever is a terrorist is a criminal and should be dealt accordingly. Although Osmat says he doesn't feel profiled as often anymore, his kids experienced some bullying because of their religion when they were in school. Zach Keith is a U.S. government and history teacher at Platt County High School. In the years immediately following the attacks, he said he had to debunk some myths about the religion of Islam. And I would say one of the biggest uh, differences then was there were a lot of misconceptions about the role of Islam. And so a lot of my teaching was on debunking Islam as this terrorist-based religion. Keith was a freshman in college on September 11th, 2001, and he has been teaching at Platt County High School for 16 years. He said in the beginning of his career, his class would mainly have a discussion about their memories of 9-11. At first, it was very much a group of students that talked about where they were when it happened and not me having to describe the situation as much. And then it kind of transitioned into the kids having an awareness, but not really remembering what the specific events were. So it was helpful to show the videos of when things happened. And now, um, I mean, there's <clears throat> not much of an awareness of either. In 2021, Keith teaches students born after 2001, so his students don't have any firsthand experience of the attacks. He said his students don't understand the significance of 9-11 as much as people who were alive at the time. The kids don't really understand 
how significant it was and is. I suppose I feel the same way about other events in history, though. And, you know, in some ways, we're pretty fortunate to have so much video of things that happened. Keith's senior government students completed an assignment where he asked what they wanted to learn about 9-11 this year. The most common answer was to hear individuals' personal stories of that day. They wanted to hear from the New York City firefighters, first responders, and survivors of 9-11. One thing that students are really interested in are stories of people who experienced it. They care less about like where I was whenever 9-11 happened and more about like, what about the random firefighter who was one of the first ones there and one of the first ones out and he witnessed X number of his coworkers um, you know, pass away in the, whenever the building collapsed. One of Keith's students knows more personal stories about 9-11 than most of her classmates. Maria Molinari is a senior at Platte County High School. Her dad is still active duty in the military and fought in Afghanistan. It was more of a personal impact for me and my family just because he had to deploy right away. He was a brigade commander at the time, and so he left with... Um, I think nine other brigade groups. And so it impacted me more of not really aware of like how it affected the whole country, but more of like my household was changed just because, you know, we had to react quickly. And so I really didn't grow up focusing on it. I focused more on how it impacted my just day by day. Not only did 9-11 impact her because of her military father, but her uncle was in the Pentagon on September 11th, 2001. So my uncle was in the Pentagon on 9-11, and he was actually on the other side of the building. When he, his, I think his office was where it was hit, but he was on the other side. And so when I think of loss, I just think of, I guess, possibility of what could have and what did happen. As Molinari was growing up, her parents would talk to her about 9-11. She has an older brother, so when he would ask history questions, she would listen. It was always around in my family, and it was always talked about. Um, I had an older brother who was into history, and so he, he would teach me, and my mom would try and explain to me why my dad was gone and, like, what was happening, you know, and just kind of explaining our history of why we're over there, why they're over here, why they came over here. And so it just, I kind of grew up with the idea of 9-11 and of terrorism, just being, it was a constant in my life, just from a young age. Molinari admits that she probably knows more about 9-11 than most of her classmates, but it was still a big part of her generation's life. I think my generation is in a weird time of where we weren't alive for it, but it's still a big part of just like our growing up because our parents were there, our aunts and uncles. And so it was, it's almost a time in our life that we're supposed to know a lot about because you know, it's in our century, but none of us were alive for it, or at least in my grade. Keith says he will make sure his students learn about 9-11 this year, not only because of the 20th anniversary, but also because of the end of the Afghanistan war. You know, this year I'm, you know, going to have the opportunity to approach it as kind of a full circle uh, moment where the Taliban was there at 9-11, and then 20 years later they're back, and how did this happen? And what did this look like and what steps were taken? And so it's become very relevant lately.
Keith isn't the only Kansas City area government teacher discussing this important topic. F.L. Schlegel High School teacher Dylan Buck has been talking about the war in Afghanistan and the history behind it since the beginning of the school year. I, I talk about it every year on the day, and sometimes I go in with a full lesson and they just ask so many questions, we talk the whole day. That's happened multiple times. This year, we'll probably be discussing Afghanistan a little more because we watch the news on a daily basis as well in my class, and, and there's a lot of questions there about like, what's happening, why is this happening, and it goes right back again to history. Buck was in seventh grade when 9-11 happened, so he has personal experience like Keith, though his students don't. Buck says he believes that his job as a teacher is to bring context to situations his students read about. He says that his students are students of the internet and have the ability to see more things than he ever did in high school, but may not understand how they connect to the wider historical events. That's part of why he wants his students to continue learning about 9-11, even after they leave his class. I think we're still learning about 9-11 even now as we leave Afghanistan. I think it, I'm still learning stuff. So I, I challenge everybody to continue learning stuff about it because yes. you know, the reverberations are still happening. Thank you so much for listening to part three of our special mini-series for the 20th anniversary of 9-11. In our next episode, we will explore how the airport changed after 9-11 and how people memorialize the attacks every year. We have these people's stories and more online at KSHB.com.